In this week's episode of the Limehouse podcast, we revisit a conversation with Anna Subri. My concern about Teresa is that, you know, you look at what she said on the steps of Downing Street, and my heart sang. I mean, that was fantastic um, messages that I absolutely got and resonate with my sort of One Nation conservatism. So that was all extremely heartening. And then, unfortunately, there were series, and I have spoken, I have said this to her face. Uh, that the the, mess, the the speeches that were made with the Conservative Party was a very uh, unfortunate, bad time in our party's history. So, wherever you are, please enjoy this week's episode of the Limehouse Podcast, your Liberal Speakeasy. And remember, sharing is caring, so feel free to do so via all the usual ways, SoundCloud, iTunes, Facebook, and all the rest. Many thanks and take care. Remember, spring is just around the corner. Hola, yo soy Margarita y estás escuchando Limehouse Podcast. This is Paddy Ashdown and you're listening to the Limehouse Podcast. What a good name that is. Hi, I'm Tom Brake and this is the Limehouse Podcast. Hello, this is Nick Clegg and you're listening to the Limehouse Podcast. I hope you enjoy it. Because I'm not persuaded by the case for war. This is what positive politics can do. So welcome back to the Limehouse Podcast. Yeah, it's a funny one. I just thought Anna's conversation I had, it was just about a year ago now. I was in um, Thailand and I got the news that we'd be, we'd, we were lucky enough to have secured an interview with her. And it was a very strange time, as it is now, as always kind of will be, I suppose, from here until God knows when. It was chaos around the European question. Anna and I sat down and had a, a big conversation about that. It's a it's a bit of a ramble chat, I would say. One minute we're serious, we're talking about her um, her specific kind of introduction into into politics. So she you know she talks about soft or small L liberalism and what interested her at university, and then when she found out or realised she was more of a conservative. And it's a great, it's a, it's a good chat. I really, really, really enjoyed it. And I thought I'd bring it back to you because Anna is still a much-loved Remainer. She's a fighter. And I think that needs highlighting. And to be honest, she, she talks a lot of sense. She talks about the the alienation that the current Conservative administration, are, like they drew people in with David Cameron and now they're kind of destroying that faith. That that sort of small L uh, liberal conservative agenda that that brought people in and won people over is now being sort of dismantled, and we talk about how she suffered a lot of abuse in the newspapers, and that still goes on. Obviously, always still fascinated by her idea, or at least my idea of a, a new party and and who would lead it, because there's a lot of that going on at the moment, and it's very exciting to be in and around that in and around that. So I. I approach it and she it's an interesting uh, response so sit back and, and enjoy it and as always if you feel like sharing this podcast it'd be fantastic and you could do that you know I don't know I'm not going to tell you how to do it you know how to do it you know you're far more advanced than I am but yes enjoy Anna 
and and this conversation. And I'll see you. I'll see you soon because next week we have the wonderful Gina Miller. So if you feel like sending some emails our way and some questions for her, then please do the Limehouse Podcast at gmail.com the limehouse podcast at gmail.com and you can find us on twitter of course which is at limehouse pod at limehouse pod so thanks you guys have a wonderful rest of your week enjoy this last few throws of winter because spring is on its way no, i was always interested in politics and when i was about 17 um, I actually joined the Liberal Party because I thought the Tories at the time, which was a long time ago, obviously, were handling things like the the miners' dispute extremely badly. This is back in the 70s. And uh, so I decided to join the Liberals. I couldn't actually vote because I was 17. And they uh, they turned up, stuck a poster in the in the hedge, and my mother nearly had a heart attack. And at which point my father said, it can, she, she said, David, David, get look what she's got. There's this terrible lib, Liberal poster in the hedge. And my father said, it can stay there because I can tell you now, Francis, my mother's name. He said, the way I'm feeling, I'm thinking of voting Liberal, at which point she had a complete you know, hysterics. Right. Because okay. they were both Tories. But no, no, my father also shared my views at that time. And then I got to university and I think I, I, think I did join the Liberal Society. But they were basically very odd anarchist, socialist anarchists. They were completely yeah. bonkers. And after about six weeks, I abandoned them. And then after... Probably about a year, 18 months, I just knew I was a Tory and so I joined the Conservatives. Yeah. And it was a great time in student politics because there was a lot of some bad stuff that was going on when, what, that needed when was this? challenging. This would be in the mid to late 70s. Okay, yeah. So at that time in the uh, National Union students in particular, there was this policy of no platform for people who the, the left deemed to be racists and fascists. Yeah. So there was this huge denial of freedom and free speech. Yeah. And as Tories, we were very keen to um, change that, which we did, and we had a huge success. And I was the only Tory on the National Institute's Executive. Yeah. And I served with people like Trevor Phillips, who I'm a great admirer of, and David Aronovich. David Aronovich. Oh, wonderful okay. man. Yeah. He's got brain size of the planet. Yeah. And David, at that time, was a member of the Communist Party. I mean, okay. he was what they called a Euro-communist, so he wasn't an old Stalinist, yeah. um, a Russian, more Russian-based communist. He was this new euro not an old Soviet communist. Yeah. And um, I mean, I just bowled over by the likes of Ronovich. So where does your love for the European Union uh, come from? I mean, clearly it's... Well, when you say I've got a love, I don't yeah. even say love is the right word. I just believe that it has delivered considerable benefits for our country. I mean, it's got... The layers of bureaucracy, faults. Yeah. Of course it's got huge faults. All big organisations have got huge faults, but you have to say, well, how do, we, how do we change it? Do we change it by leaving or staying within? Clearly, some, I believe we should stay in. Um, yeah. But it's, the, the, it's had this dual, probably more, benefit. But it's, it's delivered peace. No debate about that. That's why people like my mother support it. She's of yeah. a generation that remembers the Second World War. Yeah. And actually, when you look at how the demographics worked out on those who voted leave, um, obviously more people voted leave the older that they got. Yeah. But there was a bit of a tail-off with people over the age of 80. And my own view is this, because so many do remember the Second World War. Um, and they know that the coming together of nations, primarily through trade, delivered peace 
after centuries mm. of uh, war. So there was that. But of course, the other thing that the EU has delivered is huge economic prosperity for this country. I mean, being a member of the single market, the biggest free trade area in the world, 500 million customers on our doorstep, Mm. that we have as easy access to, if you're a business in Birmingham, as you do to a yeah. business in Bristol or Newcastle, has been... That's why Margaret Thatcher supported it, because she knew it was good for the British economy. Yeah. Um, and the benefits outweigh the disadvantages, yeah. and you can begin to tackle the disadvantages. Yeah. Uh, and I get very agitated about all this rubbish about we lost our sovereignty. Of course there were areas that we lost. That's what happens in any relationship. So, you know, if you've got a, a partner, if you've got a neighbour, if you're involved in a group, you give up some of your own individual sovereignty to make that relationship work. Yeah. So, you know, if you're sharing a flat with somebody, you know, you say, well, actually, I want, I don't know, pink lavatory paper. Somebody might say, well, actually, I prefer green. Somebody might say, yeah. I prefer white. So you compromise. You, of course you do. Otherwise, you won't go live by yourself. True, true. Quite, and that's the whole point, because yeah. in the modern world, the only country that actually lives by itself is North Korea, and God yeah. forbid we should ever be like North Korea. Yeah, it's a good, interesting... Um, so I've always believed in it, that's why yeah. I voted for it when I was I'm glad 18. you used uh, toilet paper as a, as a reference <laughs> to the situation we're in at the moment. But, um, no, no, I mean, for, for me, 2015 uh, to where we are now, 2017 Tory party, is a party that I barely recognise. I mean... For me, how would you? How do you feel the Tory Party? The Tory Party's not changed. He's the, the components of it. The members of Parliament are exactly the same. The membership is exactly the same. The message, perhaps. But the problem has been is that this referendum came along, and it exposed the divisions within the Conservative Party. And my my concern about Theresa is that you know you look at what she said on the steps of Downing Street, and my heart sang. I mean that was fantastic um, messages that I absolutely got and resonate with my sort of one nation conservatism so that was all extremely heartening and then unfortunately there were series and I've spoken I have said this to her face uh, that the the mess the, the, the speeches that were made at the Conservative Party it was a very uh, unfortunate bad time in our party's history was this a conference party conference yeah yeah, yeah and they sent really out the, very much the wrong tone and the wrong message um, and to call people who had voted um, to remain, people like my family, yeah, people in my own family, you know, members of some liberal metropolitan elite, and I don't know which part of that my mother was most offended by, being called a liberal, being called a member of the metropolitan, or be, be, being called a member of the elite. Well, so what, where does that? I think that was a terrible. From? I think that was a. Ter- I just think it was. I just think it was a misunderstanding yeah. of the mood, and the the problem is is that. In my party at the moment, the only noise you hear, or the loudest drums you hear, are from the hard Brexiteers, the people who have been banging on like this for decades, mm. causing a lot of harm and damage to my party. I'm party, not your party, perhaps, but the Conservative Party. And I'm afraid that they are in the ascendancy. They're, well, they've ascended mm. to the loudest positions. Uh, many of them are now in government. Um, and they are unfortunately it feels like they're calling the shots yeah. but then the PM says stuff and she may well say stuff today that then reassures me that you know we haven't marched too far to the right yeah. um, and that the voice of sensible moderate liberal small L conservatism is as strong as it ever was how do you feel that you're going to be able to I mean 
Yourself and Ken, Ken Clark, and I know there are other uh, Tory MPs that have um, voted against um, uh, Article 50 bills, but... No, it was certain amendments. Yeah, amendments, yeah. sorry, yeah. Um, Vote in favour of them against the government, yeah. Who, how, do you, how do you feel you can hold the PM and large parts of the Brexiteers within the Tory party to account? Well, it's, it's, it's doing... Yes, you can do media, but, I mean, you know, that's what Parliament's there for. And the problem yeah. is, at the moment is that Parliament is, has been sort of uh, neutered. Yeah. <clears throat> because we don't have a proper opposition. We don't even have the semblance of a proper opposition. Yeah. You should, nobody should underestimate just how appalling it is that we have Jeremy Corbyn and his chums running the official opposition. They are bloody useless. Yeah. And seriously bloody useless. And that is so bad for democracy. It's bad for government. And any government wants a strong opposition. Obviously, you want to see them off, but you want it because it keeps you in check, it keeps you on yeah. your toes, it makes sure that there is a rigorous debate that then, when you have made a mistake, teases that out, or when you can make a change to something to win consensus. Yeah. Uh, all these things are achieved. And at the moment, the government just thinks, well... We can do exactly, they can do what on earth they want. They don't even need to bother. So people have to be really clear. Because of the useless failings of this opposition, we, have, we are leaving the single market. We haven't even debated the single market in Parliament, never mind how to vote. We have not debated immigration. We haven't even debated it. Yeah. Never mind have a vote on whether we should stay in favour of free movement of, yeah. of people or against it. We've had no debate, not even a debate, never mind a vote. And the idea that the European Union doesn't know this, that they just say, oh, this bill's gone through, unamended, oh, how big and butch and brave and macho is that? It's all bollocks. Yeah. Absolute yeah. bollocks. They know exactly what the tensions are. Yeah. They know we haven't had a proper debate. They know that the opposition is useless because we have a free media which is watched and we have people here and they, they come into Parliament, they hear these conversations, people talk to them. I mean, who are we kidding? Um, but we need a decent opposition and in the absence of that, Parliament has been just neutered and, and the government, to its credit, <coughs> could, be, could completely avoid coming into Parliament, but it doesn't. But the lack of scrutiny thus far has been extremely concerning. So, but it won't continue like that. We yeah. just have to keep on battling on holding the government to account but it shouldn't be like this so do, effectively you're the opposition there's there's opposition <coughs> within the government if you see what i mean you're effectively well i wouldn't do... call it opposition i think that some of us are the calling to account because we're not in opposition obviously we are calling to account we are holding government to account and we are calling stuff out which is wrong yeah. when it comes to this matter and there are other matters that also concern us. I mean, I'm very concerned about um, the fact that we are talking about reintroducing grammar school. So we may actually have changed the language of that. Something that was not in the manifesto, something that the Conservative Party um, abandoned many years ago, something that Margaret Thatcher, for example, did not reintroduce. Yeah. I mean, Margaret Thatcher even didn't do this stuff. Yeah. So it's kind of like some people need to get a bit of a reality check because at the moment the grave danger is is that we are alienating those very people that we spent a long time winning back after the 1990s yeah. and through the two, through the two early 2000s. Well, the, the, the work and that's the work that David Cameron did yeah. in winning back younger people, moderate, sensible, often professional people, 
um, winning them back to the Conservative cause, who we had lost when we moved too far to the right and we abandoned our core. And our core is moderate, sensible, pragmatic, small L, liberal Conservatives. Yeah. Which is what I've always been and my politics hasn't changed. Something about things a bit sad actually, it's quite interesting. Uh, but my politics hasn't changed since my uh, late teens, early 20s. Yeah. Well, no, I, I think I, I get that impression because, you know, a lot of people follow you. You know, I mean, I think one of the... On Twitter and stuff, I just want to get to that in a, in a little bit. But the, um, the the one thing that really sort of, um, I don't know... You were on Channel 4 and the camera had stopped rolling as such. And... Um, it was just I was just coming back from Glastonbury Festival, and a bunch of protesters, protesters that like got through a barrier, and there was you and John Snow, and I think one other, and you were you were trying to get the crowd to sing Hey Jude, but oh yeah, that was yeah. back in yeah yeah that's yeah. right. So I mean, I they think, were very that was very naughty. Yeah, but it was fantastic. It was I think that's the energy that people like about you. That's oh, probably why I'm, why I'm why I'm here. I got some horrible comments as a result of that. It was, but what, how do you feel, if we could touch quickly on the Daily Mail and their, their headline yesterday was about some legs and that crap, um, and then also on Twitter, the, the abuse you suffer? I mean, Yeah, I've been talking about certain newspapers. Um, I, just, I just say to people, call them out. Yeah. Join campaigns. Uh, if you do Twitter, um, what's that great one? I, I tweet out Stop them. Funding Stop hate. Funding Hate. Yeah. Oh, I love them. Yeah. Actually, I did a, when there was the most, I mean, a shameful moment in our country's history, when a number of the four, the four main protagonists in, the, in all of this um, did that, uh, those headlines about the enemies of the people. Oh, so yeah. I, I was, God, I was, I was absolutely appalled. I was absolutely furious about this. Yeah. So for some reason, I was still here in London because I do try and escape as quickly as I can and get back into the real world. And I was on the train and I rang my team back up in the constituency and said, please, could you go and get these four newspapers? So I got them, put them on a table, took a photograph, tweeted it out. And actually, the uh, retweets on that were something like three and a half thousand. Yeah. And I was really bowled over. Yeah. So that's what people have got to do. You know, it doesn't, we don't have to put up with this shit. It doesn't have to be like this. Yeah, no, you know, This course. is meant to be your country. You're in charge. You've taken back control, for goodness sake. <laughs> right, bring it on. Take back control. Yeah, build yeah. a country in a future that you want. Yeah. No, because I'm otherwise sure. we are going to have these four wretched newspapers thinking that they are in charge, because at the moment they are. And I think the thing that concerned me the most about the uh, appalling headline yesterday, and I actually don't remember stuff even when I was young. Mm. So we've gone even backwards, even beyond when I was young. He's, I was very disappointed that the Prime Minister didn't say it, that it wasn't a bit of fun, but she could have either just said nothing yeah. if she couldn't bring herself to say, I'm sorry, this is 2017, yeah. this is a grown-up country, we don't talk about women's legs who are in serious positions of power, you know, we, we talk about what they're saying, not what they're yeah. wearing, what they're believing, not what they're wearing. It's just, I, I think... Talk about their brains, their well, views, the, well, that's their freeing legs. I think probably equality... has gone mad. Equality is such a, it's a, a chat we could have probably for another two, like for two hours, <laughs> quite frankly. Um, and it does, uh, I mean, I was, <coughs> my father died when, when he was 50, I was quite young, I was like 22, and so I was brought Ooh, up... you were young. Yeah, effectively brought up by, by three 
by three women. <laughs> so I just, you know, there's, it doesn't even enter my mind. No, I know. And I think, how old are you? I'm 50, I'm 35. Bloody hell, that would be a bit scared. <laughs> I um, yes. But you see, I think it's really interesting because I talked, I have two daughters and I talked to them about this and because they were brought up in the city of Nottingham, I actually don't think they even noticed people, the colour of people's skin. Yeah. And as soon as you say, when there was all the um, debate about whether or not people of the same sex should be allowed to marry, which of course was called gay marriage. Yeah. You know, people got the, the words right, it was actually people of the same sex, it was same sex marriage, and then it became yeah. equal marriage. But in any event, it was gay marriage. My, I was completely lost on my daughters why people had a problem with it. Oh yeah, yeah. Because look, they've known so many gay, mainly gay men, in their life from the time they were tiny. Yeah. We went on holiday with gay couple. I mean, it was like, what is your problem with this? They yeah. just, they just genuinely don't understand what people's problems are. Yeah, no, I think, I and think, I think they're the same. Also, I mean, they're two young women, so I hope they don't take any nonsenses when it comes to stuff like that. Yeah. But I mean, there still are problems. I mean, one of my daughters has had problems at work, and I've been horrified and said, well, why, yeah. you know, you, you know, you can get this sorted. Yeah, uh, and she does sort she she sorts things out in her own inimitable way. Yeah, because she doesn't take any prisoners. No, she's quite strong-willed. Like, like <laughs> well, they both say. are. They yeah. both are. But they. I mean, I think sometimes they get quite cross that they shouldn't have to put up with that stuff. Yeah, but they don't take nonsenses. I think also the problem for me is if there's a strong-willed woman and a strong-willed man, the man is just not. It, oh, it's just a yeah chap doing his thing. But oh, that woman is very strong-willed. Did you notice how strong-willed she is? Oh God, yeah. I mean, with the, the language that yeah. is still there, so um, strident. Yeah. Only women are called strident. Yeah. I think actually Nick Robertson, he apologised. He said something about it was a strident debate between myself and Kate Hoey um, on some nuance of Brexit, and he said two strident women or something. He said two. That was a strident debate or strident views. And, and, and I said, and he did apologise, strength, don't think you'd say that of a, ma- of a man. So there's still stuff like that. But yeah. I mean, the fact is, is that he got it. And of course, he said he was sorry. No, no, so, no. I mean, and, and I don't do all that, you know, there was some, I mean, sometimes we go then the other extreme and, you know, we, we just sort of almost bully people into a political correctness and yeah. about language, which is stupid. But we're always beholden on all of us to use language in yeah. a clever way and not in an insulting or discriminatory way that puts people down yeah no of course using language right I mean and I often don't but I mean I try to it's really yeah. important no, no, but I mean no. I had strong women in my in my mother was is strong my my both my grandmothers are remarkable women yeah. but my partner he 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 gets it yeah. I like to think he's got it a bit more since we've been together yeah. he he'd deny that hotly yeah <laughs> um I've got a question from uh, a panelist on our show um, I'm going to read it out because it's quite long. Okay, go on then. And I'm quite dyslexic, so bear with me. <laughs> um, some people are describing what's happening in politics right now as a major realignment with the prospect of the major parties redefining themselves by the way they approach Brexit. Do you agree, or is that being overblown? And if you agree, how long do you think it will be before we see defections as MPC that they are now on the wrong side? That's a very, very good question. Very long. No, no, it's very, nothing wrong with long. That's another t- problem which we have here. Everyone wants to do everything in. It used to be 30 seconds when I worked in television. Now it's 10. But anyway, um, there's a very good point because at the moment, look, I think where we are at the moment is there are a lot of people who voted Remain who just said, look, let's just now get on with it because the sky hasn't fallen in. 
Uh, yeah, we're seeing a rise in inflation, but the, the economy superficially is in good fettle because of the work that was done um, with a quantitative easing. Um, the fact that people are actually spending savings, um, that will begin to change and the inflation will go up. So, you know, some of the stuff that Project Fear didn't happen. So some Remainers aren't saying, I don't look, I don't, I still believe what I believe in, but actually, let's just get on with it now. Accept the result, let's just get on with it. Yeah. So you've got about probably about 30, 35% of people who voted who are, who are true Remainers, if you like, and their hearts are breaking. And they feel that they have no voice, most importantly. They feel completely sidelined, they feel abused, they feel that nobody's interested in them, and there is nobody really speaking for them, yeah. apart from a handful of Tories and obviously Nick Clegg is there and the Lib Dems, but the Lib Dems' problem is that they, their credibility is pretty much torn up and all over the place. And then they look to the Labour Party, which for many of them would be a natural place to go, yeah. and they see it in this appalling situation. So it's the trick in whether or not any movement would come out of this, which would say, the reason that I believed in the European Union it's because I have this open approach, this open outward looking. It's part of that's what I find because you know, Remain has crossed all classes, just like Leave did. Yeah. But all classes, all, all, all colours of people, ages of people, and everything else. And I've thought about what is it that brought me together, and I think of a particular woman, a great woman in my constituency, who is proper working, working class. Yeah. And it is because she's got this openness of her heart and of her mind and so she'll say things like oh I've just I've saved it we're off to Italy Anna and I've just come back oh it's a fantastic you know she's open and she's open and her a great open-heartedness is that her it's very sad this is terrible her nephew killed her father he was extremely ill he was profoundly uh, poorly he was, he was, um, he's got paranoid schizophrenia yeah and Annie's heart is so open She's such a good and generous person. Yeah. She can she can cope with and live with the fact that her nephew actually killed her beloved father. This family is remarkable. And, and, and that openness of spirit includes her belief in membership of the European Union. She was absolutely appalled yeah. um, at the result. So it's quite a long answer to a long question, but hey, there's no problem with that, I hope. So, so, so the yeah. next part is, is it going to happen? Yeah. Um, a, a party uh, or a movement or some some organisation that was inherently we are going to be in the in, in the EU that understands the huge benefits that immigration has brought to our country and will continue to do and uh, that is basically in that more moderate sensible small L you know all of that malarkey yeah, 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 yeah. we all know what it is uh, and my answer is it is possible but it will only be possible when a significant number of Labour MPs who are appalled at what has happened to their party has the courage to say, I haven't got time. Our country yeah. hasn't got time mm. for us to wait 10 years to get this party back. We haven't got time as a nation and they're brave enough to break free yeah. and do something different. Yeah. No, and I, I think also... It, this is the problem. Who's going to move on it? Who's going to take the ball by the horns? There are plenty of, um, you know, obviously you mentioned Cleggy, Farron. Um, I think David Lammy, I, I heard him speak on Saturday at the um, uh, Unite for Europe march and he, bloody hell, I, I, you know, he was, he was 
screaming about his party. You know, when yeah, are they going to wake up? He's he's appalled. You know? I mean, at yeah. the moment, the only two people who make the positive case yeah. for immigration, none of this, um, you know, so like some in the Labour Party do, where they say we want a fair system, as if the current <laughs> one isn't fair. You know, yeah. I get really cheesed off. The only two people making the positive case for immigration are me and David Lammy. Yeah, yeah. Wow, what does that say? Yeah. I mean, I embrace and I give him a hug. Yeah. When I see him, and I think he's sort of gets over yeah, the yeah, shock yeah. of it. I mean, there are obviously but plenty of people true. making a positive case for immigration. There are. I mean, well, I'd say that the, the Lib Dems have got a huge stance on, on the rights of EU workers and what have No, you. no, that's not the but, same as making the positive case for immigration, saying yeah. that the current system, if anything, there is a criticism that those parts of the world where we control, we yeah. overly control. So we have a problem, for example, uh, with uh, people from India with great skills that we yeah. they find it difficult to get into our country to do jobs that we are not able to fill. So, But the only people that are making a positive case, stand up and make the positive case, take it on, I think it's me and David Lammy. Yeah. Why don't you? I'm being I mean, serious. Here's a question, and I know it's just so bloody obvious, and I've always wanted to ask it to you, um, put it to you. Um, would you? Would you form that party? With, no, it's with not. Others? There's any any movement, any new thing that might happen, and it might just be a some organisation. I don't know. Yeah. But I'm afraid it can only come from Labour with pink toilet paper. We've probably well. What's wrong with what's wrong with green? What's wrong with blue? Oh, what's wrong God. with white? Oh, Actually, I don't like coloured toilet paper. I call it lavatory paper. I'm a bit old-fashioned. <laughs> I only like white anyway. Lavatory paper. Lavatory paper. I was yeah. brought up so lavatory. Yeah. I think toilet's a horrible word. Toilet. I hate toilet. Do you, you don't mind? I don't that? like toilet. Horrible word. Yeah. I just don't like it. Water closet. Water closet. No bog. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, but no. The, the only reason I ask that is because it is very easy to have a conversation with you, um, and I do feel it's sort of naturally going towards that sort of I, I just think the political landscape at the moment is right for it I think there's all, I think I think there's all sorts that could happen I mean I do feel very strongly that you know I am a Tory and I get really pickled off with people who have the outrageous you know, it's outrageous to make out that I'm anything other um, but you know it's like Ken say when people say to Ken uh, why you, you're not a Tory I mean Ken gets quite you know of course I'm a Tory he says of course you know, and of course he is a Tory he's yeah. a great man it's not very well at the moment, but we wish him... Oh, is he not well? No, oh, he's God. not. That's why you haven't seen him. Bre- Brexit's done it. It's done it. Taken no, no, no. Off. He's actually quite... He's seriously quite poorly. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But he doesn't look after himself. No. And he likes his cigars. Yeah. And he doesn't look after himself. What What do you? What do, What are your vices, if you have any? Do you have any... Uh... No, because I used to smoke, but I stopped smoking about nine years ago. Oh, good work. Eight or nine years ago. Yeah, was that tricky? Yeah. Yeah. No. Giving up. No, 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 it wasn't actually. I was very lucky because I met Neil then. So Your I, partner. Yeah, yeah, so I'd stop, I was, just as I'd stopped smoking. Yeah. Um, my vice is probably our food. Oh, really? Oh, God, I'm, I'm, I know that it's... And becoming... I'm afraid as you get older, you, you cannot, you just, if you, can't unless you want to get fat, you can't put the, the calories in. So yeah. I got, I get, um... I get sort of things for... I've never had a thing for chocolate. And then I get things... I love crisps. God, I love 
I'm an almond croissant kind of guy. No, no, see, I couldn't do that Jesus. because that hugely stuffed full of calories. So, so I find that, and then I think, right, I'm going to get fit and I'm going to go and do some running. And then I've gone trip and bust my knee. Well, there you go. That's that's. that's but the I will. Lord's I will way. do. I'm going. No, I'm going to do some running. I love. I oh, no, 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 I don't love running. That's a lie. I don't love running. I hate running. No, no, but I, do, I shall do some running. Yeah. I go to the gym occasionally, but I shall do some. Um, I shall do some running because okay. I'm of an age now where I've got to look after myself really. But no, my what else advice is? I mean, I have a slightly addictive personality. I'm very much aware of that. Okay. Which is why I smoked for so long. Yeah. And I can. I used to have an addiction to Angry Birds. <laughs> 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 would drive my Neil mad by this is the app not actual angry birds. well I'm quite an angry bird as well <laughs> but, but no I'd play angry birds I could play, play angry birds for a good two hours right yeah, that's, that's really bad I suppose, I suppose it is oh it is definitely weird. no I have yeah. I'm, I'm conscious I've got an addictive personality yeah. it's not 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 bad because I could stop smoking yeah but I replaced it with an addiction for cheese because I got into cheese because uh, have you ever smoked hell no God, no, no I'm asthmatic. Difficult. My grandfather died yes, of well, emphysema. Yes, well, I'm asthmatic. My father died of lung cancer, so how stupid am I? Uh, you're not dyslexic either, are you? No. Oh, okay, I thought it was going to make up the Holy Trinity. Then. No, no, Sometimes no, no, Sometimes I find no, people no. with eczema, dyslexia, and asthma, yeah. and then, you know, lifelong friends, so yeah. No, no, my asthma is I have a peculiar allergy to the components of uh, aspirin. So uh, that's why I'm very nasally as well. Oh, well I'm, I'm just it's sharing all my medical history. I'm allergic to penicillin. So oh, you yeah. Oh, that's that's a bad that's a bloody bad thing. To oh, be that is. Well, aspirin's not great. If you if you, as I once did, my Neil takes a small aspirin every morning. Yeah. And I drank his one morning. <laughs> oh no. I just before we before we end um, before we get start talking about other you know vices, completely non-political yeah, real completely life non-political stuff. stuff but it is a chat so I don't really give a shit but um, what, what was I saying your Spinal Tap you've seen the film Spinal Tap do you know I've never seen it oh my god that's not good you I, know, like, I know I know you I know I should you, I think you would really I know I stuff. should yeah and I'm constantly but on, on it it goes um, what the interviewer asked the chap at the end what would be on your gravestone what would be your epitaph what would be your thing and I'm not going to ask you what that would be but how would you think you will be best um, remembered what would be your here lies Anna Subri and this is what she did and or well I'd, I'd like to say she, she, she stood up for what she believed in yeah and I have said it and I don't think people I don't think the whips understood but I did say having voted um, to trigger Article 50 because I promised my electorate I promised people you know, if you vote leave be, I mean I actually found it in my email newsletter if, be assured if you vote leave yeah. we will leave the EU yeah. um, and so I you know, I said I'd honour it so having done that I said that's it I've done that and from now on I'm going to be I'm going to do what I believe is true to my conscience and in the best interests of my constituents Yeah. so now I think you know that she Oh, actually, you, you, what you saw is what you got. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's my lovely <laughs> <laughs> It's true. I mean, I can't be doing all that. Yeah. All that smarmy army, army stuff. I can't no. be. I just can't be doing it. So I just done some interviews on local radio with people. Apparently now it's completely acceptable for somebody to ring up a radio say a show and say stuff which is not true and offensive, and it is validated. Yeah. So we, we, you know, we've got to get a freaking grip on this country. It's a great line from the, the marvellous, wonderful Rory Bremner, who says that if Ellen MacArthur said, I'm going to go and sail all around the world in my yacht again, 
the BBC would think they'd have to get somebody on to say, actually, the world isn't round, it's flat. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's getting like that. It is getting yeah. like that. Yeah, no, so that's... I just had to have... So they, they said, oh, and uh, Fred's just um, sent a text into the programme saying, uh, great, we're leaving the EU. All these EU workers are responsible for the problems in our hospitals and the fact that we haven't got enough doctors and blah, blah, blah. So this guy read that out. So if he'd have said Jamaicans... Yeah. He wouldn't have done that. But because it's EU workers, he could say it. So, of course, I disabused. And I said to the interviewer, I said, excuse me, can I actually just say I'm um, I'm pretty appalled that, that you read it out and that that's been said. And couldn't you say, yeah, it's absolutely the case. You will find EU workers in hospitals yeah. working as doctors, yeah. as nurses, cleaning the lavatories. I didn't say toilet. Um, and doing the job, you know, doing the job, and it's insulting to people who've been coming over here for decades and contributing to our country. Yeah. These people come here to work and they give, they don't take. Mm. No, absolutely. I'm, I'm getting tired of these these nasty people. Well, it isn't, it's, that's the problem, that's what I'm thinking at the moment, is that it, it, we're moving into that nasty sphere that, that's been legitimised. We are. And I'm, I'm tired of it. Yeah. I mean, my, my, my thing, obviously, is we've got to respect the will of the people, but how far do we go down the line respecting the will of the people and actually the will of the people seems to be a bit perhaps tainted with this sort of sickness? No, no, the thing is, is at the moment, there's got this great line from Edmund Burke, which I did use in my speech in the House of Commons, which is that if you pass by a, a, a typical classic, this is many, many, I mean, Burke wrote however many centuries ago, if you go by a, a, a field which is full of cows, the only sounds you hear, the loudest sounds you hear, could be the grasshoppers. Actually, you won't find many grasshoppers nowadays because, unfortunately, for various reasons, no one does many. But you'd hear the grasshoppers, right? Yeah. Two or three hundred years ago. Yeah. And you think, good heavens, it's fields full of grasshoppers because then that's the only noise you hear. In fact, it would only take about five or six, but there could be 200 cows there, very quietly, chewing their cuds, swishing their tails. You don't hear them, so you don't hear the majority. You only hear from the from the loud minority, and that's what's happening at the moment. Yeah. That there's a minority that's making the most noise, and it's beholden on the majority to stand up and saying, "We're not taking this shit any longer. Yeah. This is my country. This is my future. It's about me. Well, it's not about me. It's about you. And then your it's about your future and your children's future. Yeah. That's what it's about. Yeah, absolutely. I think and you that's... you've got to take. Take control. Right, I'm going now. Okay. Take control. Take control. Take control. Yes. Yeah.